Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Week two is now officially in the books. If you're just joining me here, we spent a lot of the uh, the program so far talking about New Orleans and how good they didn't look last night and candidly how good they don't look at all right now. And, and it's a good time. I always like waiting until Tuesdays to wrap up the entirety of your NFL picture. So I thought I would share with you some thoughts that I have here on just where we stand two weeks in. And I will preface it by saying that there has never been a season, never in the 101-year history of the NFL, where the two weeks that start the year were less indicative of what we are likely to see than this one. Because of the truncated offseason, because of no preseason and everything else, it is totally clear that by the time we get to Halloween, none of the things that have happened so far may matter at all. I acknowledge that freely. In fact, I look forward to it. But what I will say quickly about the Saints that makes them somewhat confounding and the Eagles and some of the other teams that are not playing well is that they seemed like teams that should have had an advantage. If you look at the Saints, the lengthy history, that team has been together so long. Peyton has been there forever. Peyton and Drew have been together forever. You would think that whatever time it is they lost in training camp and preseason should affect them less than practically anyone. In the NFC East, how many times did we say the Eagles are the only team bringing their coaching staff back? Washington has a new coach. The Giants have a new coach. The Cowboys have a new coach. Should be a huge advantage for the Eagles. And here they are, 0-2, and people are talking about benching the quarterback. So some of those things are difficult to figure. That said, if you were to ask me right now, not who I think is the best team in the NFL, but who has played the best so far, it would be Seattle. And I'm not convinced when it's all said and done, they won't be the best team. Because they have the guy on both sides of the ball. They have Russell Wilson, who, for a variety of circumstances, has never gotten a single vote for MVP in his career, even though he's been as good as anybody forever. And now he's finally going to get his due. I predicted two weeks ago that Russell Wilson would be the MVP of the league this year, and I stay with that. He's thrown nine touchdowns in two games, and he's great. And they went on the road and beat Atlanta, which is not a bad team, and then they held off a really good New England team. So that's two good wins. And as I told you what happened, Jamal Adams is a difference-making player on the defense because Jamal Adams does two things. One, he hits anything that moves, and two, he is a spiritual leader. The biggest tragedy to me, the Jets' inability to figure that out, is not what, what you lose on the field with Jamal Adams, but it's what you lose everywhere else in spirit. It's a guy who once actually said he would die on the football field. Now, we would prefer if people didn't see that, but it kind of is the mentality you're looking for in a football player, right? So he is, um, to me, he's a difference maker in Seattle. And that is... The, to me, the team that right now has played the best. If, if we were doing rankings, if we were doing like the old BCS, I would have Seattle number one. They're the best team. At number 32, the worst team, it's unfortunately easy. I've gotten tired of talking about the Jets. I've gotten tired of thinking about the Jets. Ever since I did that thing last week where I was responding to Christopher Johnson, the owner of the Jets, and I just felt obligated to do it because someone needs to or needed to now I can't go anywhere that it's not what people want to talk about. And so I'm getting a little tired of thinking about it. Suffice it to say, they're the worst team in the NFL, and it isn't close. 
They've been completely non-competitive in both games they've played so far. Yes, they've played good teams. Buffalo was good and San Francisco was good, although that game on Sunday probably ruined the 49ers season. A game that the 49ers had won 17 seconds into the action was the same game in which they lost two incredibly important players for the year and another one for some period of time and the quarterback is hurt and maybe he plays this week against the Giants and maybe he doesn't. So it was really more of a loss on the day than it was a win for the 49ers. The football was sort of the perfunctory part. There isn't any question the Jets have been the worst team in the NFL. Russell Wilson has been the MVP. And again, I'm happy for him because he deserves it. He's a guy who's been a really good player for a long time. But because they had the Legion of Boom, that's who people paid attention to. And because they had Beast Mode, that's who people paid attention to. And those, one by one, all those guys are gone. And they've stayed good. Notice Seattle never got bad. There are various fluctuations. There are various levels of good. But they've remained good to very good to great every single game, every week, every season. And the reason for that is because they have the great quarterback. Russell Wilson is that. And as great as he is and as good as everyone I think perceives him to be, I think he has been underappreciated and undervalued by most football fans, probably because of the Legion of Boom and Beast Mode. And because he threw an interception on the one yard line that that stands between him and and being a two-time Super Bowl champ. That said, he's the best player in the league right this minute, or at least he's the MVP of the league right this minute, and his team is the best team. The other storyline that I think is colossal is the way the offseason storylines have played in. Huge stories everywhere you look. The swapping of the wide receivers, I think, thus far has been the biggest. Look at what has happened to Minnesota and to Buffalo after the trade of Stefan Diggs. Minnesota looks lost offensively. Buffalo has a quarterback who right now is in the MVP discussion. I don't think Josh Allen will be the MVP of this year. I think he's played two bad teams so far. But take nothing away from him. He's been spectacular, and he looks like a young Cam Newton, and having Stefan Diggs on the outside is a big part of it. But that hasn't got nearly as much attention as the other trade because it involves higher-profile teams. But the Houston Texans, with a trade that... To the day I die, I will never understand shipping DeAndre Hopkins to the desert where all of a sudden he looks like exactly what he is, the best receiver in football. He's making Kyler Murray a superstar. He's making the Cardinals a contender. And the Texans' young quarterback who just got paid looks in desperate need of a friend. Watch Kirk Cousins and Deshaun Watson right now. They both got paid during this offseason. So on some level, everything is working out fine for them. But if you don't think they don't, that they miss, they don't miss Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins, you're just not watching them play. So those offseason storylines, I think, have played huge. So has the trade of Jamal Adams. The trade of Jamal Adams from the Jets to the Seattle Seahawks has been a big deal. The Jets would probably be 0-2 even with Jamal Adams, but whatever. I think he is a difference-making player, and I think he has made a difference in Seattle. And the best story to this point, I think, has been Green Bay. The Packers have been spectacular. Two big wins, both in the division. They went to Minnesota and beat them. A road win in the division against the team that I think most people picked to win it. Feels like a long time ago, but it was only two weeks ago that people were picking the Vikings not only to win the NFC North, but my buddy Ryan Clark had them as a legit Super Bowl contender, and I didn't disagree. Look how bad that looks now. 
the departure of Stefan Diggs is part of it, and what Aaron Rodgers did to them is the other part. Aaron Rodgers carved them up in week one. And then went up against Detroit. It's the same Lions defense that gave up three touchdowns to Mitchell Trubisky in the fourth quarter of the week before. But take it for what it's will, the Packer, for what you will, the Packers ran for 259 yards in that game against Detroit. And so the Packers look extraordinarily good. They are right now, I think, the best story in the sport when you consider that this offseason, the conversation there was, when do they turn the page? When does the conversation literally turn to, legitimately in Green Bay, turn to turning the page? Once upon a time, they had to do it. They had to go from Favre to Aaron. And Aaron has put together about as good a 15-year run as there has ever been in the history of the sport. And the team basically put a ticking clock on it with the draft and everything they did. And here we are at least through two weeks, and to me, that's a huge part of the story. Aaron Rodgers looks as good as he has looked in years, and they look great. Just how great? Let me give you today's fascinating stat. It is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. The fascinating stat is this. They've been playing football 101 years, and there is only one team before this that has scored at least 85 points and gained at least 1,000 yards in the first two games of the season. The Packers of 2020 and the Bills of 1991. I'm doing that in my head. The 91, that would have been during their streak of four straight Super Bowls. They didn't win any of them, so obviously it's not a year that ended in them winning one. I think that's the year they wound up losing to the Giants. It doesn't matter. The point of the story is they're the only team, the only team ever before this year's Packers to score 85 points and gain 1,000 yards in the first two weeks of the season. That is today's fascinating stat. And one of the people who has been a huge part of that is their spectacular running back, Aaron Jones, who joins me now live on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Aaron, thank you very much for taking the time. And I was just mentioning that your team is not only off to a good start offensively, you're off to an historic start offensively. So if you were to put your finger on one thing that you think has worked best so far, Aaron, what would that be? Uh, one thing that work, has worked best so far, uh, just say playing as a team coming in, you know, we have, we have the offense down, so just being able to play fast, and, uh, that, that leaves a lot of question out when you go play fast. You're just not thinking you're able to go do what you're doing, just react. Let me make sure I understand what you're saying. You think the fact that it's the second year in the system is critical. Is that what you're telling me, that you're that, that much more comfortable in your second year in this new offense relative to last year? Uh, yes, sir, definitely. I mean, we just had time to take a deep dive into it and uh, really learn it for what it is and learn that every in and out of it. And so what is different? At, uh, playing fast is obviously important and being able to react more quickly. Well, what has been different for your team in these two? Again, I, I don't know if you were able to hear that a moment ago, but you're literally the second team in history to open a season with 85 points and 1,000 yards of offense in your first two games. So you've been, you're off to as good a start as practically any team in history. Why has it worked so well? Uh, just being on the same ca- same page, all guys having one common goal. And, I mean, when, you, when you're able to go out there and play fast, it eliminates uh, a lot of the thinking. And they, they say in football, when you think, you stink. So it eliminates a lot of that. And all, all the 11 of us are on the same page. 
Okay, I like. I'm going to write that down. That's not the way I've usually heard that, but I like it. I like it your way better than the way I've usually heard it. Aaron Jones is with me, so let me ask you this question and smile as I do it. Right now, who's the most valuable Aaron in Green Bay? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the right answer. There's no question that is the right answer. What? What? I mean, how, the fact that the two of you have the same first name, and it's a reasonably, un, it's, it's not a, 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 an uncommon name to the extent that you never hear it, but it's not like your name is Mike or John or something that everybody is. The, the, the coincidence that you have the same first name, is that something you and he talk much about? Uh, yes, sir, but even more so, uh, we share the same birthday, so we talk about that as well, uh, just kind of a coincidence, share the same name and same birthday. Can you tell me a little bit about that relationship, the relationship between the legendary quarterback and the player like yourself who has emerged as, as the, or a primary weapon or the primary weapon on that offense? Can, can you tell us a little bit more about that relationship and how it has developed? Uh, I mean, a big, big part of it is trust. Uh, I mean, you got to gain his trust, and once he trusts you, um, he think, he, he believes you're one of his playmakers, and he, he's expecting you to go out there and make plays, so... Um, whenever my number's called, I'm just ready to get my hands on the ball and uh, try to get in the end zone as many times as I can. You know, the, the the legendary quarterbacks, and obviously he's been there a lot longer than you have or anybody else has. Tell me about building that trust with him. Did, did you need to prove to him that you were capable of doing the things he wanted you to do? And, and how did you go about proving those things to him? Uh, definitely, it, it starts in practice. I mean... Just as a rookie, you know, you come in and he's testing you. He's throwing different audibles and checks out there to see if you've been in your playbook. So um, it kind of starts there from when you first come in and just when you get your opportunities and the ball is thrown to you, do you make those routine plays or do you make do you make a, a hard catch or things like that? And um, once you start seeing those things continue and continue, uh, he's definitely going to put some trust in you. Aaron Jones is with me here on ESPN Radio, the second most valuable Aaron in Green Bay as we speak. And, you know, Aaron, so much was made during this offseason on my show and a million other places about the way your team handled the draft, drafting a quarterback. And I said that, that Aaron Rodgers might go on a scorched earth tour this year. This might just motivate him to play better than ever before. How have you seen him be different this year? Has, has it seemed different to you? And if so, how? Uh, I mean, he he just know, like I said, this is our second year in the offense, so he just knows it better. So he's able to get up to the line and make checks and get us in the spots he wants, and uh, he's working his magic. So um, I, I would say that's just the biggest difference to me. Have there been any other differences in camp? There, there is another quarterback there. That's it's not something that is usually the case. Has it been different in any other noticeable way to you and other players on the offense? Uh, no, sorry. He's, he's still the same guy, same great leader, uh, coming in every day, making sure all the guys are ready to work. But um, we're also having fun and uh, all on the same page. So from that aspect, it's definitely stayed the same. Aaron Jones is with me here on an entirely different note. How has it been playing without fans in the stadiums? Some of them will have some limited numbers. Some of them will be completely empty. I don't off the top of my head recall the, the situation in the two games you've played so far but but generally speaking with the atmosphere being so different how has that made the experience of playing different uh definitely the, the first two games we haven't had any fans so it's definitely been uh different 
I'm, especially when you get in the end zone, that's when you really notice it. But <laughs> for me, I can definitely hear my teammates uh, more. Um, the, my teammates on the sideline, uh, as in a normal game with fans, you would hear the fans instead of your teammates. So um, those guys kind of get me juiced when I hear them cheering me on and pumping me up because normally I wouldn't hear that. Do you hear the other team as well? Oh, yeah, you can hear everything. I mean, clear communication from their coaches to our coaches to everything. And and in your mind, is that a good thing just as far as your actual ability to play the game? Forgetting the experience, which I'm sure you miss the fans and they certainly miss you. But is it a good thing or a bad thing to be able to hear all the things that you usually can't? Well, I think it's, I think it's been a good thing for us. Uh, I mean... If they're if the coaches yelling something while we're on offense, uh, we're we're hearing it, so we can kind of adjust it if need if need be. So I think it's kind of helped us. Last year, our team made it to the NFC Championship game. How would you describe what the goal is for this team this season? Uh, to to win the Super Bowl. I mean. That's the goal every year here in Green Bay. It's called we call it title town for a reason, and our goal every year is to bring the Super Bowl back. And we fell short last year. We were right there in the NFC Championship, like you said. So that uh, looked an ugly taste on all of our mouths, and uh, we're looking to get right back there. All right. Well, so if you have an ugly taste in your mouth, maybe one of the good ways to get rid of that is with the Snickers. I know that you're with us today in part thanks to Snickers because they have this Snickers change that the chain that goes to the hungriest player. And this week, I'm told that's you. What is this program? Uh, it feels great to be the second player awarded the Snickers uh, Snickers chain right here. As you see, uh, it is passed to the league's hungriest player every week. Um, just like last season, it, uh, it was awarded to one player each week, and um, it, it moves on to the hungriest player uh, who has the big plays and big moments in the week. Well, you certainly had those last week. As a 75-yard touchdown, as we speak, you lead the National Football League in rushing, and your team is off to one of the best offensive starts of any team in NFL history. Aaron, I really enjoyed this. Thank you very much. Continued success, and I hope I talk to you again soon. Thank you. I, I was trying to get my uh, hand on this chain last year. Finally was able to do it. So um, I, thank you for that. And uh, fans can check out my Instagram to see the chain as well. Uh, you can uh, follow and ha- uh, hashtag Snickers chain on social media. Um, see which player gets it each week. And uh, thank you for your support. And got the chain. <laughs> well done, Aaron. Thank you very much for the time. Good luck. This week and, and as you go forward here through what has been a terrific start to the season, Aaron Jones of the Packers on the Shell Pennzoil performance line with me, Greeny, here on ESPN Radio. What a terrific player he is. He is a, a, a really sensational player. And it's interesting because through so much of the time that Rodgers has been the quarterback, I feel the need to say his last name now because they're both named Aaron, um, that Rodgers has been the quarterback there. The knock on them, the knock on the McCarthy Packers was that they never ran the ball at all that Aaron Rodgers was basically asked to do everything by himself. And now here he's got a running back who legitimately is an MVP candidate. I mean, the quarterback will get it. It's a quarterback award. But the, the running back right now, Aaron Jones, is, is off to as good a start as anybody in the sport. He's a terrific player, catches it out of the backfield. That's a really good offense. And if Rodgers keeps playing like this, they might just take one more step and make it to the Super Bowl. Greeny, the podcast. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny with you at half past the hour on ESPN Radio, and we're going to do What's on Your Mind here, which is brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. And What's on Your Mind will be our opportunity to, to, for you to share your thoughts with us. And each day we'll try and brand it something a little bit different. And today I know, at least speaking for myself, that as a football fan, generally speaking, I have a lot of grievances. And if you know anything about me, you know that Seinfeld is my favorite show of all time. So today's What's On Your Mind, we will brand with your opportunity to share and air your grievances. Bubba, the airing of grievances. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. To spend a moment thinking about how funny that is, how extraordinarily good that writing is, that they were airing grievances. And today, as football fans, so are we. Matt, you are first up. Airing your grievance. Go ahead, Matt. What's on your mind? Greeny, I need your help. Born and raised in yeah. Philly. Huge Eagles fan. I live in Austin, Texas. I can't wear my jersey. I hide in my house with my jersey on. Help. Well, I can't help you. You're going to need help from Carson Wentz. That's the help that you need. If you want to walk proudly amongst Cowboy fans as you could last year when you beat them in the second-to-last game of the season, despite the fact that Carson Wentz was pretty much the only healthy player you had left on your roster, that was the time to walk around town with that jersey on proudly. But right now, he better get it going. You're going to have to go get yourself a Jalen Hurts jersey. I can't help you. The airing of grievances continues here on ESPN Radio. Let's see. Ed, you're next up. Ed, air your grievance. Well, Greeny, much like you... I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, so I feel your pain every Sunday. <laughs> we bring Dan Quinn from Seattle to help with our defense. We lose to the Super Bowl, and then Saturday, we made Dak Prescott the best-looking quarterback in the NFL. Please, send Rex Ryan down to Atlanta. You know, as crazy as it sounds, well, it doesn't even sound crazy. Not only is that a good grievance to air, and that is brutal. That loss on Sunday was just brutal. That's a game he had won six different times, and that onside kick is still one of the most ridiculous plays I've ever seen. But the fact that no one is even bringing, considering Rex as a defensive coordinator, or that I don't believe they have, really does surprise me. I get the chance to sit with Rex once a week now, and I've gotten to know him pretty well over the last couple of years. And I'm telling you right now, Rex Ryan is to defense what someone like, I don't know, who's an offensive genius, Kyle Shanahan is to offense. Whoever the offensive gurus are of the moment, 
uh, Sean McVay, whoever it is. Rex is that to defense. Now, I, I think a lot of people are afraid of him because his personality is so big and he's so famous now that you bring him in and he might overshadow your head coach. But if you want someone to fix your defense, Rex could do it. That said, he's not going anywhere. We're keeping him. But you do need some help in Atlanta. That's a brutal loss. Brutal. You'd be sitting there tying for the division lead right now with a nice win in your pocket over the Cowboys. I'm with you. You have every reason to air your grievances. Fred, you're next up on ESPN Radio. Air your grievance, Fred. Mr. Greenberg, happy Festivus to you and your family. <laughs> you as my well. Grievance is, my grievance is that Bill O'Brien is a mediocre head coach at best, and he's a horrible general manager. And when he tries to do both of these jobs at the same time, he becomes worse at both of them. This is a man who, under his head coaching tenure, thought the answer at starting quarterback was Brian Hoyer. No, wait. Ryan Mallett. Wait, wait, wait. Not no. Uh, Brock Osweiler. Wait, no. It's actually Tom Savage. No, 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 no. Let's try T.J. Yates. And the only reason they ended up with Deshaun Watson is because the other teams blew it in the draft, and he, he stumbled into Bill O'Brien's lap. A head coach divided amongst himself cannot stand. It is coming oh. for the McNair family in Houston to fire Bill O'Brien and ship him off to Del Boca Vista. Thank you. Oh, that was a standing ovation, if I may, sir. Spectacular. That was real, and it was spectacular. Not only a very good grievance to air and a legitimate one for a fan of the Houston Texans, but also to work in that many Seinfeld references, just brilliantly done. Uh, who is next on my list here? I've lost track. Was that Ed or Fred? <laughs> whoever, Bubba, whoever is next. That was Fred. Connor, you're next up with Greeny here. See, that, that Fred threw me off because that was so good in every conceivable way. Connor, air your grievance. Connor just dropped, but we got John. We lost Connor. John, John, you're next with Greeny. Go ahead and air your grievance. Happy Festivus, Greeny. I'm airing my grievance against our beloved Jets. Uh, what can go wrong always does. We have no Jamile Adams, who we should have paid. We have no Robbie Anderson, who we should have paid. And no C.J. Mosley, who I think is our highest player, highest paid player. But I think I've only seen him in one game. Uh, it just doesn't get any worse, Greeny. Yeah, no, you're right. It's another Festivus miracle, except in reverse. Um, that's exactly right. C.J. Mosley is the highest paid player in New York Jets franchise history. He played three quarters of one game last year. For the record, he was the best player on the field for those three quarters, but he has not been seen since. Now, he has opted out of this season for reasons of the coronavirus, and I have full respect for any player that feels a need to do that, feels they want to do that for whatever reason, personal, family, whatever they may be. I have zero issue with that. I don't want to make it sound like I have a problem with C.J. Mosley, but clearly him not being there has greatly impacted them. Jamal Adams not being there has greatly impacted them. And no one else of consequence being there besides the quarterback is greatly in impacting them, and it's killing him. It's killing the quarterback. So that was an excellent Festivus airing of grievances. Uh, let me see. Do we still have Aaron? Aaron, you're next up on, on with Greeny here. you want to air your grievance, go for it, Aaron. Good afternoon, Mike. How are you today? I'm lousy. How about yourself? Uh, me too. Um, I'm actually uh, I'm a diehard Giants fan, Mike. Um, and honestly, my grievance is actually not towards Dave Gettleman, but it's towards the Maris and the Tish family. Um when Jerry Reese and Tom Coughlin were let go two, two three years ago now, um, they promised us radical change. So 
So to me, radical change is hiring a guy who, when he was fired from Carolina as the general manager, was basically a yes man and um, you know, a, you know, for 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 the ownership of, of the Giants until he was hired as the general manager. I'm telling you right now, that is not radical change. Radical change would have been hiring Lewis Riddick like they should have done in the first place. Thanks, Mike. Listen, I couldn't be more on your side on Lewis Riddick. Uh, Lewis is another one I've gotten to know extraordinarily well, and he has this terrific opportunity now with Steve and Brian Greasy to do Monday Night Football, and I know that Lewis is thrilled, thrilled to do it. And I hope he has that job for the next 20 years if that's what he wants. But you're absolutely right that everyone in the NFL that was looking for someone to run their organization missed the boat on Lewis. That said, for the Giants... The injury to Saquon Barkley is so devastating in so many ways. We talked about it on Get Up today. It really kills them in three different ways. The most obvious of, of them is any hope they have of, of putting together a decent season in what is a division where you might wind up winning it at 7-9. and nine. That goes out the window. I don't think they were doing that anyway, so let's even put that aside. The next piece of it is the development of the quarterback. You want to develop a young quarterback in Daniel Jones. Having a great runner behind him is the young quarterback's best friend. You don't have that now. And then third, the money part of it comes in. This is his third year. At the end of this year, do you pick up the fifth-year option? Does he say, I want an extension? Do you do that? Where does that thing go next for Saquon Barkley? It's going to be fascinating to watch. One way or another, this past weekend was devastating in the NFL. Devastating. Like in the blink of an eye, the San Francisco 49ers went from being a Super Bowl team to being one that I think will miss the playoffs because of a variety of injuries. It was a very tough day. Thank you for the phone calls. Thank you for airing your grievances here. We will continue to do that. Coming up next, I will tell you what I think is by far, to me, the most surprising story in the National Football League. That's next. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
I'm Greeny, and I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. We've had some fun today. After week two of the NFL season comes to an end with a surprising result last night. The Vegas Raiders knocking off the Saints last night. New Orleans falling from the ranks of the unbeaten. And Drew Brees does not look comfortable, does not look good. And that surprised me. But it was not the most surprising thing that has happened through two weeks of this season so far. To me, the most surprising thing that has happened through two weeks has been the play of Carson Wentz. And the one thing that you will learn if you are new to listening to me is that I will be the first one to tell you when I was wrong about something. And I was dead wrong on this. I spent a lot of the buildup to this season saying I thought the Eagles were going to be great and that Carson Wentz was going to be the MVP of the season. And I changed my MVP pick right before the season started because I saw, once again, Wentz's teammates, in this case his offensive line, which is the worst place to lose people, dropping like flies. Parenthetically, they have more injuries in Philadelphia, it seems, than anywhere else the last few years. That's probably a coincidence. I'm not pointing a finger at anyone, but it has been devastating. Last year, he was playing by himself, and I thought he really elevated to a point where I thought he had, had moved past the questions, moved past the Nick Foles stuff that was now fully his team, fully his town, and he was going to have a big year. And it has been the opposite so far. He's just been terrible. Uh, terrible enough that you're starting to hear whispers. People whose opinions matter are starting to say the name Jalen Hurts a little bit too often. They drafted him in the second round. They don't think he's just a gadget player. They believe he's ultimately going to be an NFL quarterback. Now, it's not going to be this season. I will, look, I don't know this for certain, but I don't see almost any way they bench Wentz with all the money they owe him and everything else they have wrapped up in him and Hurts being as young as he is. Could I see them finding some role for Hurts this quickly? I suppose. To give up on Wentz at this point would strike me as astonishing. But the way they seem perplexed by it has really surprised me. To me, the Eagles are the most surprising story in the NFL. And as an evidence of that, listen to their coach. This is Doug Peterson. I believe you'll hear the question in this. In case we don't, I don't know how we cut it. In case you don't, he's basically asked, you do hear it. Okay, excellent. So you're going to hear it. His response is, is remarkable. Go ahead, Bubba, play it. In Carson's fifth year in the league and fifth year working with you, why are you seeing his production and his performance regress? You know, it's a good question. Um, you know, for us, it's a matter of continuing to work, continuing, you know, uh, I think I think as coaches and players, we continue to strive to get better every single day. You know, I, I just don't want Carson to feel like he has to make all the plays every single time. I just want him to, to just be Carson. So when he said, that's a good question, I will admit, I was taken aback. I didn't say anything about it on TV this morning. And then, thankfully, I brought it up to Marcus Spears. We played that exact soundbite for him, and this is what Marcus said. Gee, now hear me out. You and Stace have been married a long time. And if I ask Stace, hey, how is the marriage going with you and G? And she says, that's a good question. Y'all about to get a divorce, bro. That ain't the way you answer that question. You're supposed to be hyped talking about all the things that are going well. And if she says, G just has to be G, I know you're not being G, and it's almost over. That's all I'm going to say about that. 
<laughs> that was Marcus this morning on Get Up, and it was extremely funny and extremely well put and a good point. If you ask an NFL head coach, what's going on with your quarterback? And he says, that's a good question. That's a very bad sign. A very bad sign. And I suppose if you ask a a woman who has been married to someone for 23 years, how's everything going with G, as Marcus calls me, and she says, that's a good question. That, too, is a good sign. Uh, So I don't know. I, I, I did uh, correspond with with her briefly on the way home today from the show. I'm doing uh, the radio today from my house, and she's not here. But she did say that she is going to start calling me G. And I think that would be kind of funny. I think if Stace starts calling me G, I like it. So so I, I am, people call me Greenie, of course, for those of you who might be new to the show. My name is Greenberg, but people have been calling me Greenie on the air now for 30 years. And every now and again, she calls me Greenie. She generally calls me Greenie when she's aggravated with me. I would say that's the more usual. In my life, in my life, my younger life, I was always Michael. I was never Mike. I was never Mike Greenberg. No one I grew up with, no one I went to school with, none of that ever called me Mike. My parents didn't call me Mike. I was always Michael. And then when I got on the air, in college, I started trying to do stuff on the air. And I shortened it because Greenberg just kind of rolled off the tongue a little better. And then it became Greeny. A guy named Tom Share in Chicago started calling me Greeny, and I became Greeny, and that has worked out very well for me. Marcus started calling me G because, and he has acknowledged this since then, he is very bad with names. He's always forgetting people's names, so he just attaches a letter to you, and he figures he can remember that. So he calls me. I'd like to think he would remember my name now. We've gotten to be pretty close, but he calls me G, and I rather like it. And the whole G's just got to be G thing I thought was very funny today. So that's just a nice little example of when um, the, the little metaphors that we use in our lives for sports sometimes come in very handy. And that was fun. But one way or another, I would describe myself at right now as very worried about Philadelphia and Wentz. Slightly less worried, but still very worried about Drew Brees in New Orleans and extremely bullish on Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. And if you don't think that what they did during the offseason didn't light some fire under him and isn't doing something, I disagree. I think it is. And right now, he's the best player in the sport. I'll see you tomorrow. Greening on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.